It's time for the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores. Capital Mazda, Stevens Creek Mazda, Concord Mazda, and Team Mazda. Hey, it's Shondell Grand. And right now we've got a huge selection of brand new Mazdas with exciting spring incentives across our entire lineup. Plus, you can buy your new Mazda completely online with our exclusive no-brainer checkout. Don't miss the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores in San Jose, Concord, and Vallejo. Coming to you from the heart of Silicon Valley. This is Cuda Confidential. The official podcast of the San Jose Barracuda. AHL affiliate of the San Jose Sharks. Now, here's your host, Nick Nolenberger. Our next guest was an undrafted free agent who's now in his fifth season with the San Jose Sharks organization. After missing almost two full seasons due to multiple injuries, he's now fully healthy and trying to work his way back to the National Hockey League. We are pleased to welcome Barracuda defenseman Nikolai Kanijov to the Cuda Confidential podcast. Welcome back to Cuda Confidential. We're pleased to be joined by Barracuda defenseman Nikolai Kanijov. Nai, first and foremost, thank you for the time. How are things going? Uh, thanks for having me, Noli. Um, it's been going great. Um, we're having a long road trip now, honestly. Just can't wait to get home. It's been a long road, but, um, you know, everything else is fine. Um, saw my parents a couple of months ago. It was nice because I haven't seen him in a year. Um, um, had a you know pretty good Christmas, good New Year's, and now just uh, rolling back, playing lots of games, trying to finish you know the second half of the season. As you mentioned, we're on the road. We're currently in Colorado. Mm. Temperatures around ten degrees. You know, you grew up in a colder climate. You've lived in warmer climates for the last ten or so years. I know you went back home to Russia for a little bit, but you've roughly lived in the U.S. for about ten years. Do you enjoy being in quote unquote hockey type environments or have you had enough of the cold growing up in a colder climate as a kid? Yeah, dude, I definitely got soft with the sweater. We're in Denver now, but it's probably like what minus 10 Celsius, which is nothing compared to what back home is where it's like minus 30 and windy and snowing. And I'm like, this is so cold. Like, what is this? You know, it's like a two and a half minute walk to the rink. And I, I don't know if I even, I don't know if I want to live, you know, in the cold again, <laughs> but yeah, it, it's, uh, I like, I definitely, I definitely like California weather and I'm just, I'm really getting used to it at this point. You mentioned that you got to see your parents uh, recently. I'm assuming over the, was it over the holiday break? Um, yes. Yeah, so they came in uh, like right before Christmas for um, I think three weeks, something like that. So that was nice. I only get to see them about, you know, once or twice a year if, if lucky, but usually once a year. Obviously that's not an easy thing, right? Being away from family and being away from friends. What do you do to try to cope with that? Uh, to try to at least keep the communication line open? A lot of WhatsApp, a lot of FaceTime, and just, you know, texting and social media. Thank God we live in the 21st century where, you know, we can just stay connected as much as, and as much as possible. I think this is the best time, you know, the best communication we've ever had as a humanity. So <laughs> that's the good part. Um, but still, you know, it's not the same. Definitely some of it gets lost. But once we see each other, once they come over here, like we, you know, pick back back up where we left off. It doesn't really feel like we missed a day, which is, you know, nice. And I think that's how it's supposed to be with family. What do your parents do for a living? Uh, they're both accountants. And uh, my dad also got his um, 
little leather craft shop like on the side he absolutely loves it um that's been his biggest hobby lately um yeah he you know he's sending me pictures like every week he's like making like you know little handbags wallets and belts and stuff like that and it actually looks pretty impressive i'm like whoa dad like did you actually make that you know it's it's crazy but yeah but like you know like i said like like i would love to get down there and like see what the hell how is he doing all that stuff because i've never you know i've never seen him actually do it but but yeah he's been you know he's been on that but the main thing is accounting for sure which is i don't find anything fun in that <laughs> i i want to ask because you yeah. mentioned to me yeah. the other day that you're actually taking classes doing some online schooling <laughs> uh tell us a little bit about that what are you studying what are you focusing on yeah, dude. Thankfully, I don't have accounting class this semester, so I'm pretty happy. <laughs> I would be, I would be grumpy right now <laughs> talking to you, but, um, yeah, it's uh, you know, it's fun. It's a lot of reading, and it's definitely taking a toll on me now. Like you know, last couple of weeks where we have four games, which you know leaves me with three days when I can get my work done. So every day, that's not a you know, that doesn't include a game in there i'm basically just grinding school writing typing reading whatever but classes are fun like i'm taking kind of an introduction to business law which is not too hard not what you think when you think of business law we just have pretty much like a one big assignment every week so you you kind of get to expand on one of the topics and another two are the communication class and uh, marketing and communication is kind of fun. I think there's a lot of vocab I don't understand. So there's always, there's a lot of new stuff that I'm learning from it. But marketing class, I think that's one of my favorites. And I'm just, you know, I'm having at it. Like I'm having so much fun. We got a couple of assignments, a couple of discussions every week. And then just a, you know, big project that we do from ourselves. I'm trying to sell like a fitness gym, I think <laughs> this in this semester. So I'm just sticking to the area that I, kind of know a little bit which makes it a little bit easier and more interesting but yeah definitely overall like i'm i'm having fun with it so what prompted you to want to go back to school and start to study various topics at this point before you whittle it down to maybe something that that you're really focused on good question i don't know well you know first of all i um I did school my first season when I was playing in the AHL, which was about four years ago. So it was my first year in North America. And I did, you know, I finished two semesters. I finished it and then I kind of thought, you know, maybe I should just, you know, stick and focus, you know, on hockey as much as I can and try to put my mind to it. But at the end of the day, first, first, I think, is I really wanted to get it done, like, you know, while I'm young, like, while well, my mind is still into it, while I'm still interested. So I decided to go back. And then the second thing would probably be is uh, just myself as a person. I feel like I want to be, you know, growing, not just in the hockey world, but also like in another, in another path, which is the business path, the communication path. I feel like that's something it it really gets me excited once I learn new stuff and I understand it and I keep going and keep moving and learn something else. And I understand that that can be something that I can implement in the future after hockey, because one day, I don't know whether it's going to be a couple of years or it's going to be when I'm 35 or 40, you know, like it, it's going to end, unfortunately. But by that time, I want to have another deck of cards in my hands that I can play, you know, and, um, 
you know, have a way more, you know, many more doors open for me when my hockey career is over. So I think those are the two biggest uh, reasons why why I went back to school now. We're talking to Barracuda defenseman Nikai Kanijov. I, I find myself when I'm reading books or or focusing on topics that are unrelated to my career as a sports broadcaster that I find that can translate to what I do on a daily basis, and that's call sports and, and talk about sports. Do you find uh, that a little bit uh, with your schooling that, sure, it's not related to hockey, but it kind of helps you in some degree, uh, maybe balancing things or or looking at things in a different way. Have you noticed that at all? Definitely, definitely. Man, like speaking of books, I think before I started this semester, I was actually reading this book. Uh, it's called You're Not Listening. And it, it's it's a super interesting book that kind of, you know, puts uh puts in a perspective of what the world used to be like and what it's now with all these like, you know, texts and community, you know, and uh, phones and TikToks and apps and whatever, and how like how our attention span just came to be so short because of that. And we don't really listen to the conversation. We actually just kind of run through it and we're thinking of what we're going to say when the question is asked rather than actually listening to the person. And I feel like, that's also included in like my communication class and now I get to use it and that's pretty cool. But then, you know, the third part of it is like, I get into the locker room and like talking with the guys. Now it, it kind of like, I kind of start seeing things differently. If I focus on it, if I focus on what I've read and trying to take that information and try to implement it here and like talking with the coaches, talking with the guys, whether it's off the ice and just regular life situation, or it's like in between the periods where you kind of need to, you know, actually engage with someone and, you know, get someone to listen, or you need to actually listen to the message. Like what, what are they, you know, really trying to tell you here? Like the coaches or the, you know, or other players, like what do they want from you? And I think that, that that's just been kind of stimulating my brain in a very exciting way. And I'm, like I said, like I'm having so much fun at it. I feel like that's the part that, that I like, that that's the learning part. And I think maybe, maybe that's the path that I would want to take after hockey. Definitely not accounting <laughs> because I never had fun taking that class or reading anything about it. But like I said, I think, I think it's just, you have to jump into it. You have to dive into it. Like, and then many more doors like will open up for you and you will actually start seeing like which doors are going to open up for you. So that's that's the cool part that I'm taking away from it. I'm sure you've played this role because you've been now in the U.S. for a long time. You speak outstanding English as, as people can hear when you talk. There's a not much of an accent, but you, you're in this role now where you do have some younger players who are still getting used to the culture and getting used to the language, whether it's Shakir. You know, Artem's been been in the U.S. for a while, but even Georgi Romanov hasn't been here for very long. Do you enjoy taking that role a little bit, almost taking some of these guys under your wing and and helping accelerate their learning curve to, to what is a new culture and, and new surroundings? Do you enjoy kind of taking on that role as well? Uh <laughs> Yeah, like, I wouldn't say that, um, you know, like, I enjoy it personally, of course, like, I'm, you know, as a human being, like, myself, like, I love helping people, no matter whether it's English or, you know, just something else, like, like any, you know, any, any environment I can be helpful in, you know, that's great for me, like, I, I love it. But w with them, you know, I'm, I'm not gonna say, like, I, I feel like I'm acting as a teacher, I think that, you know, they're kind of, on their own, they, you know, they have a good understanding usually 
of what other people trying to say and sometimes like when they don't understand it like we kind of turn it into a joke and like laugh it out but it, it's it's really like it's a daily process you know and if i'm near like they'll ask me like hey what do you say whatever you know and then they'll they'll answer back but i wouldn't really say it's a lot of like learning like i don't i don't feel like they're coming up to me and like hey like let's break down this sentence or like you know it's not like school or like a class or any, anything like that. It's just small increments day by day. But I don't know. Shaq just got here, you know, end of last year. Bruce has been doing so much better with English. Gore is obviously, I don't know. I think his English might be, you know, better than his Russian. <laughs> he he's a he's a character. <laughs> you, you already you already noticed. Bar- Barabanov, you know, he's probably yeah, he's probably the longest uh, the the longest relationship I've had with. Uh, from you know the Russian guys who's been learning English, uh, like he's came a long way, and um, you know sitting on the flights with him always like he he would be actually like asking me like hey like what does this mean what does that mean he would he would be like really really engaged into it and he got better, but at the end of the day I feel like everybody all of the boys like they understand everything, like whether it's coaches speaking you know, in the hockey related terms, or it's just a regular conversation with the guys in the locker room, they get the message, they understand what, you know, what's, you know, what's said out there. It's just that sometimes they have trouble, like, kind of putting their thoughts into words because of the vocab or, you know, maybe the grammar, but it's coming along every single day. And I'm sure that, you know, a couple of years from now, they're going to be just fine. I guess in many respects, it's probably what you went through. It's by osmosis. If you're surrounded in an environment, it, it helps learn, it helps accelerate the learning curve. And and just you being around, I'm sure helps maybe if you're not doing it intentionally. Um, I want to ask a quick question because I know Tara asked you this question. Tara Sloan, uh, who does some stuff for the Sharks Broadcasting Crew, she interviewed you uh, when you you came back from your injury last year and she asked you about just your your positive disposition kind of your personality always smiling always happy and you, you kind of noted it uh going back to your parents um and, and being influential on you and, and just the way you approach life taking it day by day what environment i guess did your parents foster that allowed for you to to have the type of attitude and approach that you have because you've had some adversity yet you didn't waver your your attitude or or your thought process. So what did your parents do, I guess, as as your parents uh, to help provide an environment that allowed you to succeed and be the person that you are? They, they've been, uh, you know, they've been helpful. I don't like, I don't think I would be anywhere if, if, you know, my parents weren't my parents, to be honest with you. And I'm not going to sit here and say that my parents were like, you know, super positive always like my best friends and blah 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 like all this stuff like they were hard on me at times but i think it's just coming from um kind of like an old time you know like russian-based culture where it's kind of like you know you just you know you're trying to teach your kids to you know get through the hardships and you know don't give up basically you know believe in yourself and you know things like that and then um Obviously, you know, when they see that I'm that I'm positive and I'm working through it, they they would, you know, they would also be, you know, positive and like help me out. But then if they see that I'm kind of slacking and, you know, being a <laughs> being a little boy, like whatever, you know, however you want to call that, like almost like pretty much giving up, they would be hard on me, right? Like they would give me shit. They would be like, yo, like get the hell up, like suck it up and like keep going. And um 
is one of the things when I, you know, um, when I came back home at 18, when I turned 18, yeah, like, you know, things didn't work out for me, like, at the end of the day in North America, because I came here at 15 and left at 18, because I got put on waivers, you know, got cut from two, two more teams after that, got home, you know, took a big step back um, from, from my goal, and, you know, I was kind of, like, breaking down, honestly, and they were like, hey, like, we're not going to send you anywhere else. Like, even if there was an option, like, that was the craziest part. Like, they walked in my room and they were like, you're either, like, making it out of here right now, like, or you're done, like, or you're not going anywhere, you know? And, like, maybe, like, many, you know, many people will be listening to this and, like, kind of take this advice, like, very harsh or, like, that's crazy. Like, how can you do it? How can you not, like, you know, help? But I, I felt like that was the best help for me at the time because, you know, growing up then, like, when I hit that, same kind of adversity when I turned 21, 22, it re- I realized that, you know, they were next to me because I was in North America again. And when I hit that adversity, battle through it because that's the way I learned to do it. You know, like I didn't run away anywhere. I didn't give up. I didn't go anywhere. I just stayed there. Like, and, you know, did my best, try to enjoy every day and grind it through it. Even if, you know, I didn't see any results for a long time. Eventually, eventually, it just all happened, all kind of came together and everything happened to be okay and everything happened to be just fine. So yeah, they, they are really, you know, great influence on me. A podiatrist will tell you about your feet. An orthopedist will tell you about your bones. A physical therapist will analyze your gait. A psychologist will help you manage your anxiety. But what if they're all connected? What if your walk affects your hip alignment and the loss of movement affects your mental health? At Kaiser Permanente, we know the body is connected in unseen ways. That's why our doctors work together to care for all that is you. Kaiser Permanente, for all that is you. Learn more at kp.org. The Sharks know that the key to victory is inspiration. Looking for openings, creating opportunities, leaving it all on the ice. This is the type of inspired play that leads to the Stanley Cup. At Western Digital... We believe you should be empowered and inspired by the data that surrounds you. Our powerful flash and HDD storage solutions fuel new possibilities for everyone from students, gamers, and home offices to some of the largest enterprises and public clouds. Western Digital, a proud official partner of your San Jose Sharks. So I want to ask, because you dealt with the injury situation, which essentially kept you out for, for a couple of years. You had the highest of highs reaching the NHL going through this really windy and unconventional path, coming to North America, then going back home, then signing with the Sharks, playing almost a full year in the AHL, and then you're in the NHL kind of as a full-time player. But then you deal with these injuries, and you're out for almost two years. And you finally come back last year, and in the summer you sign a two-year extension. Did it make it all that much more gratifying and sweet given the fact that you had went through all that you had went through. And I'm sure there was doubt that crept into your mind, but for you to get that deal, have some security over the next two years, that had to be that much more sweet given the path it took to get there. Um, I think the only security I have is really, you know, the financial security, let's say for the two years, but it's still like, it shows me that it doesn't matter. Like, what I went through, you know, whether it was, you know, a terrible week or, you know, pretty crazy couple of years and then multiple surgeries, whatever, like, uh, 
I still, you know, I'm still on the same page as everybody else. I need to get back, play my best, work my ass off every single day, you know, trying to get back to the NHL. And, um, it, you know, really doesn't put you on any kind of pedestal. I think it's just for yourself, like going through struggles that are coming, you know, they're coming to you in the future. I think it makes it not easier, but you just kind of have an understanding of like what you're capable of and just how to approach it now. Like maybe there's no, like there's not even, you know, there's no reason of on getting down on yourself because I felt like I did that for two years on and off and now realizing it that like I was beating myself up for no reason. Like what's the point? So now, you know, when kind of like little, little struggles, little like issues, little problems like come into my day, I think the difference is now I'm, you know, I'm kind of, I'm kind of taking it a little bit easier and just realizing like, okay, this will pass. Okay. Like, you know, I can deal with that. Okay. This is out of my control. Like no point of worrying about that and just setting that aside and trying to focus on the right things. And for me now it's like hockey school and communication with family. So that's my security. It's like a, it's like a mental security going forward, knowing what you're capable of. I think that's the you know the best answer I can give you. Yeah, you have the experience. You, you know you've been there, and therefore you know you can get back. We're talking to Barracuda defenseman Nikolai Kanijov. Every play in the AHL, whether you've played 500 games in the NHL or you haven't played a single game in the NHL, your goal is to get back up to the National Hockey League. They treat us well here in the AHL, don't get me wrong, but it's a different <laughs> world up there, and it's yeah. the NHL. It's the highest level. It's where every player wants to be. So without going outside of the framework of your abilities or trying to get overly consumed with something that you can't control, what are you doing right now while with the Barracuda to try to get back up to where you want to be, and that's in the NHL with the Sharks? Um, we're working with our coach, Lou, a lot, our D coach. Like he, you know, been doing video every single day. We... You know, we're having really good conversation with him with what I need to work on. And it seems like now, you know, it's starting to click. Um, we both agree that I'm improving. And now it's just a matter of being consistent with that and um, just just enjoying every day and enjoying the process of improvement and learning curve. Because I feel like learning is something that's, you know, it's never going to stop. And no matter what I went through, no matter how much I went through, no matter like if I'm in the NHL or if I'm not in the NHL, I feel like I still need to continue to learn and be the best version of myself every day I can be. And that's, you know, that's basically, you know, my goal. And I think that's everybody's goal, you know, to wake up and be the best you can be at the end of the day. So so yeah, like I'm not I'm not trying to look at the big picture here. I think I'm just trying to focus on on it like one day at a time. That's you know, that's what I'm trying to learn. Just be consistent and enjoy every day. We talked about this a little bit the other day. You spend the summers in Arizona and that dates back to the time that you mm-hmm. played for the Arizona Junior Coyotes as a young teenager coming over to North America. But it's getting pretty hot there in the summer times, hotter than it's maybe ever been. You said you're you're pretty sick of of that type of heat. But to kind of dovetail off of that, I want to ask: You've been here now in the U.S. for for roughly ten combined years, pushing ten years. You did go back home for a little bit. Where do you see yourself landing when your career is over? Do you see yourself going back to Russia, or 
do you see yourself sticking around here in North America? Well, I definitely don't see myself sticking around in Arizona over summer anymore <laughs> because that was brutal. Man, over 100 and, you know, 15 degrees, two months straight, like, you know, just just so bad. But anyways, you know, taking the weather away, great state, great city. Uh, a lot of friends there. Um, I miss it sometimes. But come back, coming back to your question, um, honestly, I can tell you anything now. Like, right, like, I can say that I want to be here or maybe, you know, tomorrow I'm going to wake up and I'm going to miss home and you will ask me the same question and I might tell you different things. But I think that the real answer will come when when the time will really come. Like for now, for now, you know, I'm getting education here. I'm playing here. My job is here. I'm trying to stay here and I'm trying to stick here. There's nothing really holding me back. Like, you know, I don't have family. I don't have kids. And I can go pretty much anywhere, really, anywhere I wanted to. And I don't know where, you know, where hockey is going to take me. Like, as of now, like, I have contract for another year and a half. You know, we will see. I definitely, like, as of now, I want to stay here for sure. But when I'm going to be 35, I don't know. Maybe my mind will change. Maybe, you know, maybe I'll want to go to Europe. Maybe I want to, you know, go live there and I'll have a financial ability to do so and, um who knows like nobody nobody knows or maybe i'll be here have a green card and you know it can it can be totally different outcome you've played 81 games in the national hockey league in your career i want to ask what was the most starstruck moment of your career to this point somebody maybe on the ice on the opposing side or a building that kind of Left you in awe for a moment uh, before you locked back into to mm, your reality. A lot of moments, especially, you know, from the first season, just, I, I feel like first, like, you know, a few months was like, whoa, like this, this arena, it's like this, you know, this city, you know, that, that's so cool. Even when we didn't have the fans, you know, but definitely the the best moment was when Patty broke the record and us playing against Vegas in Vegas and they already started to let the fans in the arena too and that was the you know I think we played like we played like a couple shifts and it was like middle of the game they just you know take that break where they do a little you know little video for Patty and we're all just standing on the ice like watching it and you just really realize like like you're part of the history and then on the other side you're feeling like you're kind of feeling you know maybe like what patty's feeling it's like everybody's emotional like we we had a moment where um we were doing the video meeting in the locker room right before that game and at the end of the you know at the end of the break breaking down of the opposing team um Coaches kind of took the, the time and said, hey, like, uh, let's uh, turn the lights off and like watch this, you know, video for a couple of minutes. We didn't know what was going on. And it was like it was the video, like highlights of Patty. And that was very emotional. I think, honestly, like some guys like, were tearing up like and like, like it's, you know, it, it's crazy, like how how bonded everybody gets and how how emotional everyone was for, you know, for Patty to break the record and. So yeah, it was just it was, it was definitely the best experience in the NHL. Like never, I, I'll never forget that. I think that's pretty cool that you you chose somebody else's moment as your favorite, and I think that gives fans an idea of the type of person that you are. That you would choose a moment like that. 
but I'm sure uh, to be in the room and be part of that uh, would be quite a memorable experience. There's there's no question about it. I want to close out with this one. It's a question I like to ask guys every time. Who was someone you idolized as a kid? Who was the hockey player that you looked up to and tried to model your game after? It was Ovi at first, because that's all the video clips we got back home. Like I feel like when I was growing up as a kid and the internet started to boom, there was like this one video video going on. Now, now I mean, you know, if anybody's listening to me talk from back home, they're going to know exactly what video I'm talking about. It was when... Uh, it was like a four-minute video clip of Ovi's highlights with the, like, Eric Smith's song, Dream On, going in the background. And uh, <laughs> I've rewatched that probably like a hundred times. But I wouldn't say I really modeled my game after that. I think it was more of like a hype video and, you know, kind of got me, kind of got my dream going towards, you know, becoming an NHL player eventually. But um, as I started to grow up more and I think learn more about other players in NHL I was always kind of looking at you know defensemen that were you know skating well um, and uh, it, it was always fun to me to kind of pick at pick at different players you know here and there so I didn't necessarily like down the road after OV I didn't necessarily have any specific you know guys like that I was locked on like I would, I would kind of you know look at everybody well it's been great to have you you back in the organization healthy uh i know that you'll be in the nhl in no time but just to get back on the ice and to have you back in the room a little bit too we had you in my in your first year which was four or five years ago and then you've been up in the nhl it's been good to have you around obviously you're a great guy and uh, we wish you the best of luck moving forward and, and the best of health because we know the path that you've you've walked to get back here but it, it's been good to have you back healthy and uh, we appreciate the time i know fans will enjoy this all right thank you so much That'll do it for this episode of Cuda Confidential. I'm Nick Nolenberger saying thanks for listening and so long until next time. This has been a presentation of San Jose Barracuda Hockey.